Hey, Peter Howard here on the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Don't let them know. Keep it quiet. But I've infiltrated the nerd base. Come check out the show. I'll tell you how to beat them. Thanks. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, crow. Chicken or crow. Crossing the... Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em, But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn For the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn You had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict, I'm a climber with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict, Russell Rocky Other names, Trade Addicts Pod Let's go I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. I am Rocky Petrella, and I too have a trading problem. And I'm Kyle Senra, and guess what? I have a trading problem. Rocky just changed it up on me, and it really threw me off. <laughs> I loved it. I'm not going to lie. But like, I, I wasn't sure if you were going to notice that. Because <laughs> I, I, I honestly, like, I say it in my head every time. Like, you know, I say my thing, and then I go, and I'm Rocky Petrella. And just like, you nice rocky <laughs> bringing it today yes and what a day to bring it because hey everybody welcome to session 250 of the trade addicts podcast a member of the dlf family of podcasts also a proud member of the dynasty addicts podcast network the dab network if you will and we will uh, kyle sitting here clapping as i say episode 250 and like i said before there's no one to cancel us so we just keep talking yeah. <laughs> like so I, it's i don't know if it's really an accomplishment like the fact that i haven't run out of things to say isn't that big of a surprise pretty soon i'm gonna have to figure out what we're gonna do for 300 because you didn't even want to do anything for 200 i did not want no i don't i don't <laughs> do things i don't like things. And you did something nice and it made me awkward and embarrassed <laughs> and cry in front of people but that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> we're not here to talk about my feelings. Okay, but what are we here to talk about? We are here to say, hey, Kyle, why don't, before we get started, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? Because I feel like you've been on the show before, right? I, I, don't, I don't remember. Uh, my, I'm going to say my yes, human, because I it makes me feel better too. that way. And I've definitely uh, been on uh, Rocky. Yeah, I know he's show. been on Junkie, so I don't know if I'm mixing the two uh, up. But... You know, well, yeah, I think I, I, think, I was trying to think back. I I think I may have been on a, a trade addicts pod before. Yes. So we'll say, say yes. Now, we're just going to say yes. We'll say it was after episode one twenty eight. I think it was. So yeah. Like Welcome back. Thank and you. If not, it's just like the Mandela effect. We just well, believe that Kyle has been on before. <laughs> and uh, if uh, yeah, I, I, aren't I on every episode? <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, if it you know if I was on before, and if you didn't, but if that's too early back that you didn't hear it. Uh, I'm Kyle Senna. Uh, love playing fantasy football, and yes, addicted to trading. Certainly, um, no, I can uh, 
I can control my urges at times. I don't think I've made a trade this year, actually, which is weird to be on the trade addict spot. <laughs> um, the the space, people. <laughs> uh, I guess we are in the second month of this year too, so I better better get started. Yeah, there. But yeah, get on that, Kyle. I've, I mean, I've made, I've made some trade offers. If it's some, or if I've received some offers anyway, I mean, I've sent some out. But yeah, nothing's actually uh, occurred yet, which is fine. Um, but yeah, a lot, lot of lot of season to go, but. Uh, I, uh, as well as play fantasy football, I also uh, do a bunch of uh, podcast co-hosting. I got a couple shows and going for two live uh, network, but, uh, the Dynasty Gambit, as well as press coverage. Dynasty Gambit kind of, as the name, it's a Dynasty themed show. We'll uh, go every uh, Thursday, every second Thursday. So actually just at two nights from now, from when we're recording this live. So next episode will be uh, February 9th. So head over to the Going for Two Live Network uh, for updates there. Press coverage, that'll come uh, next episode will be February 20th. It's uh, more of a one-on-one interview-style show, I guess, if we think about uh, the DAP Network, uh, Casey's uh, Get Real podcast, similar uh, style to that. And then I also uh, have the Full Press Fantasy podcasts, uh, Full Press Fantasy, and then Full Press Packers. So got uh, a lot of of fantasy football to talk about, apparently. Kyle's a busy man. Someone's given me a run for my money. I know. Seriously. Um, well, welcome back, man. But before we move on, I was supposed to do this before we even started, but then Rocky just completely just, whew. Um, <laughs> was one word. <laughs> and in the wrong order, no less. Like, it's just, um, Fantasycares.org slash donate. Go there right now while you're listening to this because... Either if you're on your computer, your phone, just not if you're driving. If you're driving, wait till you're at a red light, at least. Fantasycares.org slash donate. Make a donation. You will get a gift of a box in our Super Bowl pool. The Super Bowl pool, you can win an awesome t-shirt that literally says that you are a winner on it. Now, I don't know about you, but I would look in the mirror and it would just make me smile every single time. Like, that's me. I'm a winner. I'm wearing a shirt that says I'm a winner. And also, and of course, much more importantly, you can win a spot in the Scott Fishbowl 13 because last year was 12 and next comes 13. So fantasycares.org slash donate. Donate now. Now, now. Now, 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 now. Unless you're driving, then you wait till it's safe. And then now. Yeah, we don't want to make organ donations, just monetary donations. Yes, yes, yes. We do. Yes. (laughs) Don't be sending in livers or anything. Definitely, like it's on mine. You know, like smash. Never mind. We're yeah, just... Don't don't deliver the liver. Don't, don't deliver the liver. The end. All right. So some news happened, which is I don't know. I feel like it's kind of weird for getting news Super Bowl week, but here we are. Um, I'm going to put heavy quotes on this one. <laughs> Tom Brady retired. <laughs> like I'm spraining muscles in my fingers with how heavy I'm doing these air quotes. Uh, I think I saw the over under on his retirement was like 34 and a half days, you know, whether he's going to make it that long or not. Uh, so like all I can think to say about this is I want to make it clear that this season, the one that just ended. So at the beginning of the 2022 season, I dropped my last share of Andrew Luck. So don't drop Tom Brady off your team. Like that's all I'm going to say. I don't think you should trade him away. I don't think you should trade for him. Just if you have him, just don't drop him. I, I do think this one's for you. Don't think it's for real, Russ. I don't freaking. I'll believe it when I see it. At this point, like 
Because they just when he see what he's he retired. <laughs> he said it. You mean like see an NFL game and he's not playing that week because he's retired? Yeah. But even still, I'm not going to drop him off. I don't. You don't have him on any of my teams, but if I did, I still wouldn't drop him for at least a full season of him not coming back. Oh, I do. <laughs> oh yeah, we know Plenty you have him on your roster. Shares. But yes, I'm not dropping him anywhere. And uh, but I don't believe he's coming back. But like you, I, I think I met, I think I did have an Andrew Luck share in at least one until 2022. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm at least going to give it. Brady's 46, I think. So I'm at least going to give it the, the year. But I think I, I think after a year, we're probably safe that he's not. No, I think back. you got to hold it till he's 50. <laughs> you think so? At least one, just to be safe. <laughs> okay, just in case, share. Just in case. Yeah. yeah. The next one is a lot more interesting. The Saints requested and were granted a visit with QB Derek Carr. Is Derek Carr is an upgrade from Andy Dalton, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound so confident. Well, I think it's – I'm shocked you're asking the question. But I mean, does it – I mean, I think most people would say – Although I'm not one of those people, but most people would say Andy Dalton's an upgrade over Jameis Winston, and that didn't seem to matter. Dalton started anyway, but yeah, I'd imagine if if they're they're trading for Derek Carr, he's going to start. Oh no, I I understand that he is going to be the starter if they trade for him. Yeah. I just don't know if it's better for Chris Olave if they get Derek Carr. Uh, I think it's a clear upgrade. I mean, I know this was years ago oh, now, it's but. Worse. Yeah, I mean, Carr actually was like a borderline. I don't know if people remember was a borderline MVP one year, like, like almost break his back or something. Yeah, like, now he's he's not that guy, but I still think he's a severe upgrade over. Maybe not severe, but a significant upgrade over well, Andy Dalton. Let's, let's be fair. I know Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams, but he was still crushing it for most of the year. So at least I feel like Alave owners don't need to be worried. Yeah, right. Sure. And he he made Hunter Renfro wide receiver one. He made Darren Waller like the tight end two. You so, think back uh, to like you know Crabtree and Amari Cooper and yeah, it's funny. I guess Jared Cook's best season came with the Saints, but his second best season came with with Derek Carr. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess that makes me feel a little better. And it's exciting. Anytime I, there's a movement in the NFL, I'm still excited about it. Even though it's it's been like a good two three years where there's just been straight up player movement. Yeah, it's still just exciting when there's a quarterback being moved. Does the uh, does Derek Carr go on the Saints do anything for you in relation to Derek Carr? Because I don't think it does. It's more just the worry, you know, the concern about Alave or Kamara or whatever. I don't think it no, I, makes him that much better as a fantasy option. I think he still has. Well, I mean, the receiving options were better. Yeah, yeah I'd rather be. He already had him, pretty so good. I would say it's a slight yeah. downgrade, but not uh, not, not a massive swing of the in either direction. But yeah. I think the Saints always find a way to do pretty well with not a great roster. So I like I'm not super concerned. Like I I don't think I changed my value on Derek Carr, especially because it wasn't super high to begin with. You know, he was in his place where the older QBs are that aren't going to be not long for the league, but they even when they get new contracts or contracts extensions, it's still gonna be like two years at a time. You know, so you have them in a set like a separate bucket and he's still there. Like he'll be with well, maybe a little above Carson Wentz, but like in that area, right? Like your back end of your well, like middle QB two ish. Like I think that's just kind of where he'll be stuck forever, even if he has a good season. I don't think he's going to ever raise that much higher. No, it makes sense. The potential for his value to raise, I think, is a career year isn't going to 
do it. Um, like he would okay. have to have like several seasons where he's clearly producing better than what he is now. Then it's for, way too late for that. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the amount of time it would take would cause too much. Uh, of, be too okay, old. so right now you have, let's say you you have a decent team, made the playoffs last year, didn't didn't win. You have a couple of seconds on your roster. Would you send a mid second for Derek Carr right now? Because he'll be a starter. It seems like there's teams that have interest in him. So, like, does this make you feel any more confident in him? Hearing this, that a a team asked for him, and the Raiders. Well, I think it was kind of obvious the Raiders were going to say yes, but like you know, like this is moving already. So, does this make you feel any more confident in him as a dynasty asset in general? Not not a ton for me. I and we know I'm the cheap quarterback guy, but I would probably aim a little higher. Like someone I think has more upside, like a Matthew Stafford or a Russell Wilson, which you can still get not for the same price as Carr, but not not for a crazy price either. So I'd rather pay a little more and, and you know, I'm not going to go up to the elite tier, but pay a little more for some of these guys that have uh, question marks around them than, than Carr with the Saints. So anything, Kyle? Yeah. I mean, I think I'd rather still like try and pay up more and buy a Kirk Cousins as opposed to a Derek Carr. Yeah. I mean, that, that seems is... like that would be the like archetype of the older quarterback that has some weekly upside. Maybe the floor is not that great because he's not mobile, but he's tied to Justin Jefferson at least. That, that one goes without saying for me. So Yeah, for, for him. <laughs> and it is absolutely rubbed off on me. Like I, but, I have Ky, uh, Kirk Cousins is, I think it was my second most owned player. I have more shares of Kirk Cousins than I do of Tua. Yeah, I don't know if he's second most rostered, but he's definitely my most rostered quarterback. I know that. I forgot when I checked this out. Oh, yeah, on the grinds last week. Uh, Deami Brown I have in 50% of my leagues. <laughs> I think mine's Deion Jackson, so yeah, cheap guys. Yeah, and that's kind of what mine. I think my highest is, I think the last time I looked at it was like Daniel Bellinger because I was able to get him in a whole bunch oh, of four better. Four <laughs> <houses>. <laughs> yeah. What Russ and I just named. So good job. And then Zach Reed has to go and be a jerk. He's like, yeah, I'm in five dynasty leagues and I have five teams with Justin Jefferson on them. <laughs> hmm. Jerk. No, it's a lie. It's four. It's four because I have him in one of them. So yeah, he at four out of five dynasty leagues. He has Justin Jefferson on them. Rather well, than go for Derek Carr, can you even get like a second and get like a, maybe an even younger guy, but that people really don't like, like Sam Darnold, for instance? I don't want that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What's, you know. Oh, okay. Like if Is I can Sam get Daniel Darnold Jones, gonna start anywhere? I'd get Daniel Jones, but not not Sam Darnold. Yeah, I don't know that Sam Darnold starts anywhere. I think the end of the season with Carolina, I think he did just well enough that heck, maybe he goes to New Orleans. <laughs> well, I mean, he's on the roster next year, I believe. Like he's still under contract, and they are getting new people there, so maybe he does win a QB battle or something and work his way to a starter, but... I could see him being a... Br- I mean, they, don't they have, like, the ninth pick or something like that? Even if they're not getting Stroud or Young, I could still see them taking a quarterback there or trading up or trading down. And yeah, I he, think there's probably... He actually is a UFA. I thought... Is last year was his fifth-year option. Here. Okay, never mind. So, yeah, yeah, so he could... They could re-sign him. It, it, I mean, do exactly what you're saying, Rocky. They re-sign Darnold at the same time as drafted, like do what the Steelers did right. with Trubisky and pick it. 
or in your points per clipboard league, maybe you want to get Darnold on there now before, you know, he's holding too many. Uh, the next and last piece of news we have is that Brian Schottenheimer was promoted in Dallas to be their offensive coordinator. Now, I unfortunately remember Brian Schottenheimer in his time in Seattle when I hated watching the Seahawks <laughs> games because it was run, run, bad pass, run, run, bad pass, run, run, bad pass. Maybe this is great news for Zeke, though. If he still has anything left in him, he's going to get those two runs on first and second down. And then if they re-sign Pollard, Pollard will be a great third down back. But I, I, the mat, like, nepotism at its worst is the only thing I could really think to say. You know, like, yeah, Marty did a great job, but Brian doesn't need to get a job now. At least McCarthy didn't hire Joe Philbin as his OC again. But, <laughs> but um, man, does this make you feel like McCarthy's going to be with the Cowboys for a while? Unfortunately, because this 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 hiring doesn't really give you much sense of urgency. Like they have to, especially with Sean Payton kind of now off the market, being the one guy that. Jerry seemingly would have fired McCarthy for any reason. Just like, oh, you won the Super Bowl. Yeah, we want Sean Payton. So, bye. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's probably not going to happen with the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. That is um, my main comment. There, Rocky. <laughs> yeah, my main comment is that the the idea that McCarthy will be there a while with Brian Schottenheimer as a quarterback as a coordinator pleases me to no end. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you know, Kellen Moore seemed like the other okay, eventually successor, but now that he's gone, um, it just seems like. They were so patient with Jason Garrett. This this feels like my, you know everyone's been calling for McCarthy to get fired since he got hired, but he might end up with like a five or six year tenure with the team. Honestly, probably will. We have Corey in the chat asking, "Where do you have Dak ranked now?" Like, I have to be honest. Like this probably doesn't change my ranking for Dak. Yeah, like he's still going to be that not like the middle of QB ones. Like he's definitely I would say not more back there. end. I think on the top six, I might put some young guys in front of him. So, yeah, like we're probably talking nine-ish off the top of my head. I think I've got him at 10, but essentially, like, I think with him, it's not even about him, like his value. I think it's everyone around him. Kyler Murray tearing the ACL, kind of falling below him. Two in his concussions, kind of keeping him lower. Then Deshaun Watson. You know, those are all three guys you could maybe argue Dak should either be ahead of all of them or below all of them. And I guess they're kind the, of depending. The three, what, I was looking at it. They're the three directly below him in January DLF ADP, by the way. <laughs> the I three think guys you said. If I was in a startup, I think actually it's what we're talking about. My most rostered quarterback, I'm pretty sure, is Dak. So he, you know, for the sake of diversifying, I probably wouldn't want to take him in a startup, even though he may have right now the most value. I'd probably say Watson, thinking that. Last year, how bad he played was simply because of how much time he had been away from the the game. Getting a full training camp after at least having played something this year that he'll rebound. So I'd probably pick Watson out of that. But yeah, yeah, of those, I'm a, I'm a, I've been a 
proclaimed Kyler believer, uh, despite the injury. So I'd, I'd probably have Kyler ranked highest among that group. But uh, just because I'm looking at the ADP, Cousins is QB 14, which I, I don't appreciate this newfound respect for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I know, It'll right? Make it like, harder for me to get more shakes. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Stroud and Young will come in, and then mm-hmm. Levis or Richardson will That's get true. We'll knock him down to, like, 17. Don't yeah, worry. Okay. <laughs> um, but, like, I – if I'm in the second round of a startup, I don't care. Like it could be the two Oh one for all we're talking about. And I see Dak's name there. I can't leave that sitting there. <laughs> like, like I, you have to put some respect on that man's name. Like he, I don't think he has the ceiling to be the QB one. Like that's, I don't think that's there, but it's not really that far down of what his ceiling is. His ceiling, like QB five is not out of the realm of a likely possibility. And they're probably going to be drafting more pass catchers hopefully re-signing Dalton Schultz, in which case that offense will at least have the talent there. And let's just say, hopefully Brian Schottenheimer learned to spread his wings a little bit (laughs) under Kellen Moore and not just duck heads and run the ball. Or McCarthy calls plays this year. Oh, that's right. So, okay, that's not... (laughs) No, I mean, I have no idea. It's Who knows with, with McCarthy? Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think it changes much. I think, I think the honestly, I think the worst place to be in a startup is one ten, because yeah. you're so far away from your next pick that you can't like if you pass on quarterback at, at one ten and then a bunch of them go, you're stuck with like having to take Kirk Cousins oh, early second, right? You know, if you don't take a quarterback at one ten, those next four picks are all quarterbacks, and it's they, or, or even one. I totally guess, fine with it. And, and I'm saying 110 <laughs> under the guys that like I'm probably taking Watson at 109. But even if you and if you're if you're not feeling Watson, even the 109 gets the dangerous part. But when you get to like 112, like certainly at 112, you already know what your next pick is gonna be. But even at 111, there's probably enough quarterbacks left that you're you're probably you may not get to pick. Like you may have to like take a Trey Lance, for instance. But we'll at least get one. But See, like, Rocky's sitting been here the, laughing. Oh. He's like, I'm just going to take Matt Ryan in the 13th. Whatever. I'll be fine. <laughs> Not Matt Ryan. Don't, don't, don't uh, put was that the, on me, It was the Russ. oldest name I could think of. At <laughs> That's really all I can. Like, I knew, like, I'm saying it. I'm like, this is a bad name, but it's too late. I've committed. <laughs> like, and I guess that's the pivot point of, like, you know, where do you take Jefferson in the first round of the startup? Like, at what point is it I'll take him and still feel confident you're getting the quarterback back? And I, and I guess some people might take him. Not I don't worry about the quarterback coming back. I'll deal with that later, like a late-round quarterback thinking. So I guess, actually, Rocky, that'd be a good question for you. How yes. early are you are you taking Jefferson in a startup knowing that you don't care about as much about having to take the quarterback right away? I, again, because I have the ADP up, I'm looking at the quarter. And, I you know, I'm not crazy. I know value, and I would take uh, the top – handful of quarterbacks this is what i'm trying to figure out how many i think nine i would take him at seven see i would okay. take Allen, mahomes hertz burrow herbert jackson over him i would i seven? think i'm at the point where i take fields and lawrence i would him. not take fields and lawrence over him. i kind of agree with outhouse there i figured and you would <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty high on i'm pretty high on fields too I've always loved Fields and Lawrence, so I, I'm I'm here for that. And then, honestly, like I would love to be sitting in that nine ten spot just to because there's it's not out of the realm of possibility of grabbing one of those wide receivers and having a decent 
quarterback slide around back to you. But even if you don't, are you going to be sad starting out with Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb or Jalen Waddell and your one-two? Like, that's – I don't care what my quarterback situation looks like that. I'll just be looking at my wide receiver room and just be so happy. And when I come in, like, fifth place, I'll be able to draft a quarterback next year. It's fine. <laughs> and I the, guess – You can go – no, you go, Kyle. Scott. I was going to sort of – ask a different question so well it's, it's funny because i was almost going to transition to us because like <laughs> you know in the tweet you sent out earlier with the ask you for questions someone mentioned that they they took Tua at the 412 in a startup so the way Tua has been falling That's i guess you could you can take any player at the 109 110 and feel confident that he's coming back to you the way he's just been falling like yeah, that... it feels like he shouldn't but yeah. i guess if you're at 109 it makes sense to yeah if jefferson or chase has fallen that far just take the shot at them thinking you're probably getting to a 204, 205. Yeah, what, what I was just going to say is, because I know we've talked about how high he's going to slot in, and I know especially I'm curious from a renowned running back hater, uh, how high would you slot in Bijan? Um, I know there is going to be crazy people. I just realized that when you and I comment on YouTube, they we both come under the same name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're both logged in under the DAP network. Um there are going to be crazy people that will take him before uh, Jefferson and Chase. There, there absolutely is going to be a couple of times, but the second those two are off the board, I think Bijan is up on the table. Like, at least like my feelings wise, I won't do it because I just don't like running backs enough to do that. But I think in reality, if we are talking about the closest to normal. I think is we will probably see around that eight to 10 mark, depending on which quarterbacks fall or how early the wide receivers go. And if someone panics at running back and just grabs, because I still sit on the, on the chair that Bijan is the running back one. So I think, I think he'll be the first one drafted. So that's what I was going to say is, and I agree that Bijan is running back one. Chase is at 10 in the ADP and Dak is at 11. Are you taking Bijan over Dak? Personally? No. I'll take Dak over Bijan. Um, if we're talking trades, Bijan is worth more than Dak. But yeah. just, me and how I build my teams usually doesn't involve a first round running back. Like now, is it if it's the you know rookie picks instead of the rookies? If it's one hundred and one, are you taking the one hundred and one over Dak? Well, no, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, because he's still got to take Bijan with the one hundred and one. It's it's still going to be. Am I keeping this or trading it away? Well, that's what I was going to say. Even if you don't want to roster, you Bichon, couldn't you Bichon take Bijan at the one hundred and eleven and then oh, trade him for Dak plus? Like, okay, that's strong asterisk on absolutely <laughs> in TA eleven. Yeah, I might do that because it, you know it's going to be an active league. If you're not sure if these are new people, don't, I don't think it's worth the risk if you're not willing to ride with him if you're not if you're if you're drafting Bijan with the straight up idea that I'm going to trade him you need to know who's in your league you need to know the activity level but there's like yeah absolutely and that is that's smart especially like when you hit round four and you hit that RB dead zone and there's people that feel the need to fill their lineup as they're drafting you will get the haul you want for trading Bijan in the startup yeah, I'm curious to see how, if we get more as it gets. I haven't seen many like big hauls for one-on-one trades yet, but it's also early February. I'm curious as as we get closer to April if we start seeing more. Well, I convincingly lost 
the Twitter poll for my trade. I'm pulling it up because I don't remember exactly what it was. And just don't judge me too hard. Um, so I got the 101, and I gave up Traylon Burks, T. Higgins, and a 24 first. I'm sorry. <laughs> For those listening, he's uh, apologizing and tapping his uh, his Higgins poster behind him. So, yeah, I felt this was really, really good. Like, I thought this was I thought this was a fair trade for the one one. And then the Twitter poll went eighty twenty in favor of the Higgins side. The way I thought about it, because it's tough. No, everyone wants the one one. Everyone, like the second you say. Yes, and thank you, Corey, for pointing out it's going to be 24 112 because I won the league this year, so I'm just going to win it again, obviously. Um, if, you, if you think of it in startup picks, and we're talking Bijan being taken around that like 1.8 to 1.10. Let's even just say 1.10. ADP-wise, T. Higgins is 28, Traylon Burks is 48. So we're talking 12 to uh, early third and fourth and a 24 first to get into the first round i don't think anyone takes that that trade in a startup to move up into the first like would you trade out of the first by taking a third a fourth and a 24 first and somehow knowing the pick was going to be late i don't think so i you you wouldn't trade the first for that or you're saying Correct. you would you trade out of the first round of a startup and get the I don't hate getting the extra startup pick especially a, a you know a, f- a top four round startup pick so I guess yeah I guess I would to answer your question yeah that, I, I that's kind of where I'm at <laughs> I don't see that happening too much it's not the it's not a, again I I think it's a fair trade but I just I don't think I see it happening because it should cost more than fair to get into the first round. It should cost more than fair to get Bijan Robinson. It should cost more than fair to get the one-on-one. And I think this is relatively fair. And it just hurt my soul. And he knew it right away. He sent me a trade that was very similar to this. And I hit reject real fast. And I told him I wanted, I was interested in the one-on-one. And he's like, cause Higgins. And I'm like, cause Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> and then we tried for a little bit to find something that didn't involve T and then it just didn't work. Uh, and then I just took this anyway because I want Bijan on a team that I can use him. I earned the one-on-one in a couple of leagues. I'm not going to draft him. I'm going to have that pick traded. And I wanted him on a team that I could do it. That is the, like, three firsts, uh, at least three firsts, Russ. You, you're you're paying three firsts for a running back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just not like you. It is. Okay. Do you want me to, want me to read you this team? Sure. Now that Higgins is gone, especially. Well, first of all, I have Kyler on this team. Trevor Lawrence is very neat. Uh, my QBs are Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, and Geno Smith. When do I have five quarterbacks on the team? <laughs> Never. I sometimes don't really even have two. <laughs> I'm going to skip my wide receivers. DeAndre Carter, Tyler Johnson, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Michael Pittman, and Juju Smith-Schuster. That's it. Not a lot great. of stacks with Lawrence. <laughs> makes sense. Wait, wait, wait. My tight ends. Dan Arnold, Zach Ertz, Gerald Everett, Jody Fortson, Taysom Hill, CJ Uzuma, and Jelani Woods. So I kind of don't even really have a super great starting tight end. <laughs> nope. Now, are you ready for this? 
Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, Keontae Ingram, Christian McCaffrey, Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, Ken Walker, Kyron Williams, and now Bijan Robinson. Who are you and what have you done this for us? This is anti-Rust team. <laughs> and it freaking won. What does that say about me? <laughs> it says you're doing it all wrong. I'm doing Did it you all at least have <laughs> this year? Like, if I only won us. this league this year, I might have changed the way I played. Like, that's all I could think. But thankfully... I won a team with Chase and Jefferson on it. So I'm like, okay, wide receivers still let me win. That's fine. So I don't yeah, know, so, I don't know who you are anymore. I don't know who I, I I've never known who I am. It's fine. <laughs> you learn to get used to it after a while. Um, knowing what we know now about the Cowboys, what's the difference between CD lamb and B. John Robinson? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was, it was that, like I said before, like taking Jefferson at the one ten and getting CD lamb at the, at the two twelve at the, yeah, the whatever way back around the two, one, two, three. So I still think we're talking only like maybe four or five startup picks. In which case, what strong second between the two? Taking Dak in the first round, I'd love to stack CD coming Ooh, around too. That's actually a great idea. It almost seemed like the best way to have Dak. And, I and might like justify having him as an as a T eleven random startup order to give me the one ten now. I kind of agree that a very high second would be the difference. I do wonder if someone has the one on one or Bichon if they're if they're doing that though. I feel like they they'd want even more than Lamb and, and the two hundred one well, or something. Exactly like because yeah. you want it should be more than fair to get the deal done. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. Okay, um, so we are done with the news because that somehow started from the Cowboys. Um, Kyle, which do you want to do first? Do you want to do listener questions or trade addicts trades? Uh, let's go with the listener questions. Cool. And we got a decent amount. Okay. The first one we have from at Herms NFL. Tell me why Ty J Spears won't be a Hall of Famer. And my response was first, tell me who Ty J Spears is and I'll tell you why he won't be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I'm hoping Kyle can answer this one because I'm not really familiar. Okay. So with... he's a running back. Yes. He'll be a rookie this year. Yep. I forget what school he went to because I tend to not care. Uh, <laughs> looks like he's pretty good. Um, good, you know, bit smaller size, but really good, quick athlete. And looks like he's got the good running technique. The reason he won't be a Hall of Famer is because there's also a, I, I think there's a better undersized, quick twitch, athletic running back in this class named Devon A-Chain. So if either if if you're telling me only one gets the Hall of Fame, it's probably A chain, and that's why Spears can't make it. But if okay. if both turn out to be amazing Hall of Famers, then that's not really a reason why Spears isn't um, a Hall of too Famer. Too late, by the way. All right, and I only remembered like he's. I know he wore a green jersey in college, and I'm like, all right, don't say that on the podcast. That that's not what you say. But I said it out loud anyway. Um, next question at Andrew Hall FF. Outside of Bijan, what RB are you targeting in the first round of rookie drafts? You want to say his name again? Jimmy well, it's funny. Devon. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. I thought you meant Devon A-Chain. No, I'm thinking that. No, I was telling you to say A-Chain again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he was talking to you. I was just interjecting. <laughs> well, and there's one guy that I have even ahead of A-Chain. It's Keandre Miller. I'm okay. really curious to see what kind of. I think uh, TCU for him. I think I remember that one. Um, and I want to see what type of draft capital he gets because it looks like he's kind of more the, the prototypical size for running back, but also still having, you know, the good athleticism and speed, but also, you know, stronger contact balance guy. So uh, right now he's my RB2. 
just uh, film grades. Not that I'm a big expert or anything, but I also haven't finished this class yet. But right now it's Bijan pretty significantly, but Keandre Miller coming in at RB2 right now. So he's the guy that I've got my eye on a little bit closer. Or Kendra, yeah. not Keandre, Kendra Miller, sorry. See, I have my eye closed on him. I just, I don't know how to say names. I haven't really dove into to a lot of the rookies yet. Uh, I mean, Gibbs is the obvious one because uh, he's the other big name out there. And I, the other one I, I'm hoping, but I, I might, Zach, uh, about a month ago, kind of dampened my enthusiasm because uh, I believe he's not much of a pass catcher. But I have him on multiple Debbie teams, Zachary Evans. But uh, I, I, it sounds like he, he might be a nice little, nice little piece to have, but probably not anybody who's going to be a stud. But I'm hoping Zach's wrong. <laughs> Never. Come on now. Uh, I draft capital will sh- really change, like decide where Zach Charbonnet gets drafted in rookie drafts. But if he does get drafted, it'll be a day at, day two at best. Anyway, like he's not getting taken mm-hmm. in the first. But if he gets taken day two, I think there's a good chance he'll get taken in the end of the first. Because in some drafts, I think this is going to be one of those really fun drafts that ADP is going to go out the window. Because there's so many in a, in a tier that I think that just people are just going to whatever the heck they feel like. So I think around the end of the first, if he gets decent capital, lands in a decent spot, I think he's someone I will be going after because he is a pass catcher. And that's like the floor of what we look for, especially when you're in dart throw territory, which the end of the first is still just a dart throw. I think that's my guy Definitely. right now. I just want to shout out to Andrew mentioning uh, his uh, concert because I guess he asked questions like favorite yeah. album, favorite concert most recent concert he mentioned his favorite concert was nine inch nails and, and a perfect circle back in 2000 and i know andrew loves incubus so i'm a little surprised he didn't say incubus but yeah that was uh shout nine out inch nails is probably one of the best concerts i've been to also um i was never a fan of a perfect circle a perfect circle to me was tool if you took out why tool was good <laughs> like as someone who thinks justin chancellor is the greatest bass player ever i i guess i agree with you he's so good so good and they took away, and the drummer like it's really funny like huge jump in who like the kind of music we're talking about but like Ringo Starr is not the greatest drummer in the world but you could tell he doesn't like being bored because when a simple just you know cymbal snare kind of thing of just making the song ride and keeping tempo would do more than fine he's sitting there just like wailing his arms around and like making it an interesting beat and take that times 80,000 and the weird songs tool does also like, and, and then they just, they turned into like a weird alt rock band. It, it's funny. What you said at the beginning of that, remind me of the, the tweet. Uh, I think he had a pin for a while. That is he Alcafasco that while ago, if you took the best parts of Aaron Jones and the best parts of Jamal Williams and combined them, you'd have Aaron Jones. It's like <laughs> the same thing. If you had to take the best parts of a perfect circle, and the best parts of tool, you'd have tool. More or less. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's move on. OMG, it's J-Brew. Do you think Algier has a chance to hold onto the Falcons' backfield? We'll get to that before we go into the rest of his uh, music stuff. Any feelings on Tyler Algier? Uh, Tyler Algier, anyone? So what is he holding? Is he holding the lead role in a committee? I think he definitely can hold that. I think, if the, especially if Atlanta is going to think of it as a committee, they're probably not going to invest too highly. And so... I think that's a real question. Like, are they bringing in someone good either through the draft or through free agency, or do they plug the rest of their holes and then Mm -hmm. leave Algier to just be the running back because they have way more 
pressing issues. That that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So I would I would lean on they're going to bring someone else in and he's going to be the the starter, the lead guy, get the most carries, but not be a true workhorse. That's kind of where I would think. But I suppose there is a, a real. I guess there is a chance that he is like a, a full workhorse where he will start catching more passes as well. Well, I mean, yeah. there aren't many workhorses left in the NFL. And as long as Cordell Patterson is still on that team, which I believe he still is, he's going to be stealing work out of the backfield. Plus, they, they didn't throw enough, really, to be yeah. honest. Caleb Huntley was the guy's name, right? Yeah. Like, and that he, like, he was definitely stealing some rushes as well, too. So I don't think there's anyone that's going to be a workhorse, but Algier was getting the work towards the end of the season. Like, if what they were doing with Ritter and Algier at the end of the year translates into next year, I think Algier can be an extremely great buy right now. Like, you probably aren't spending a second on him, are you? Like, I guess there's no reason to sell him for a third. Maybe you get Algier as like a throw in on a deal, like, but. There is a chance that he walks into a 50-50 split with someone, which on a team that runs the ball that much is a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think it's basically what you said. I think just because they don't – I think they know they're not going to be good next year. So what's the point of bringing in – even a drafting a, a rookie running back? What if they trade for Lamar Jackson and that goes out the window and they we're competing mm. and we're going for the South That title. is true. That is true. But, uh, yeah, I'm expecting it to be more of a – I don't think they're getting Lamar Jackson. So I I think it's going to be kind of a lost year and they'll just figure what the hell do we need a running back for and burn off a year of his rookie contract and all that stuff. So I I think Tyler Algier is probably the lead lead guy. Um, Right. The Packers will trade Aaron Rodgers to the Jets and they'll be the ones to trade for Lamar Jackson. There you go. (laughs) Okay. So he then goes on to say that his favorite concert the best concert was Jamboree Festival 2012 in Toledo, Ohio. $50 for two days and 50-plus bands who've blown up since then. I Googled it real fast. The Devil Wears Prada, Whitechapel, We Came as Romans, Miss May I, The Color Morale. Um, trying to see if there's any other bands that I know of and I'm sitting here. Oh, man, there is a band named A-B-A-C-A-B-B. Do either of you know what that is? That's the blood code for the Genesis version of Mortal Kombat. I had a feeling huh. it was a, as a uh, some kind wow. of video game code. I am looking them up and giving them my money somehow because <laughs> wow, that's the code to get it to Russ's heart. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows the Konami code at this point. I have not seen that in the wild before. That <laughs> in the wild, I don't Actually, know. I just want to shout to uh, to. Uh, Jared's tweet, uh, they mentioned uh, their favorite album is August Burns Red. And uh, I've seen them live. Actually, that's one of my favorite mosh pit experiences. Probably because it's uh, maybe a lesser known band. So, like, I find, you know, the mosh pits, it's funny. Mosh pits are better the more people are in it. But what happens at bigger shows is that so few people are in it that the big becomes like these big spaces with, you know, people kind of hitting each other. And, you know, when, when there's so many people in the pit, like itself or, or the entire show is the pit there's not really much room to move yeah. which makes it safer yes and so that was my most enjoyable mosh pit experience was with august burns red so yeah now i have to look them up too i don't know who they are but they're <laughs> they're a metal band it's it's yeah. pretty heavy moshing <laughs> they're, they're from pa so they're they're close to me so i feel like i should give them a listen um <laughs> last concert chicago open air 2017 
day three. Oh, he hasn't got to a concert since 2017. Go to a concert, Jay Brew. Come on, man. Ozzy, Slayer, Lamb of God, etc. Yeah, that sounds like that. Next, we go to Matt Price, FF. Best concert I've been to, LCD Sound System in Red Rocks Amphitheater. If you haven't seen a show there, you need to see that. Just got tickets for their San Diego show this summer and couldn't be more excited. I have heard such amazing things about Red Rocks that it's... If I weren't so lazy, I would absolutely go and see something there. It's Just in Colorado, right? There. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know uh, we got back to the Incubus stories in case Andrew Hall's listening. He'll love that. But you better uh, listen. Uh, he listens. <laughs> in- Incubus does a, a live concert. I've got the DVD for that. And yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, next, at FF Tommy B, what lessons from any Disney movie can we apply to this <laughs> not point scoring season? And so I- it's I prepared for this one. I oh, that's sure fantastic. Okay, good. Go. Because I, yeah. And so I have two, now, actually. Please, and I think, I think Disney movies, I think of my childhood in the 90s. And so my brain instantly went to Lion King and like the circle of life. And like, I feel like the picks, the circle of value, right? Like picks to players, the relative value tends to kind of go up and down in a, in a circle almost as the dynasty season kind of falls through in the non-point scoring season we tend to especially before the nfl draft as we're getting to, up to the rookie draft that's when the picks tend to be their most valuable especially like post combine and, and there's more hype and leading up to the nfl draft that seems to be like apex season for when the picks get in value but you know you think six months later when you're in the middle of the season all that matters is points and winning championships that's when the picks can be most easily acquired and the players are at uh at a peak. So the circle of life, the circle of value, that's the Lion King lesson for dynasty, I suppose. I love it. And it's like, I did not prepare for this, even though I should have. Um, but I actually watched frozen two today and oh. you know, not for the first time, Cool, but like um, there, there's a song in there, you know, the next best to do the next best thing. And first of all, it's probably the most relatable Disney song ever. Um, but also that is, you know, I was on, um, FF Evolutions, uh, the dynasty debate show yesterday, I think. Um, and one of his questions was like, what do you say to people who like make that trade and it, you know, crashes in their face and don't want to ever trade again. And I'm like, all right, but then you never trade again. The only way to fix a bad trade is to make another one. The only way to the only thing to do after you make a good trade is to make another one. So all you could ever really do is do the the next best thing for your team. And it's just a, that's all it is. You don't have to think eight steps ahead. You don't have to play 4d chess. You are literally just, what's the next thing in front of me? What's the next way I can increase the value on my roster during the non-point scoring season. That's all you have to do. You, it's fun to try and think six steps ahead it, it'll never work out that way. <laughs> like it's, it's fun to do that, but it, it's not going to work. But like, that's, that's the first thing that popped in my head. Most likely. Yes. Because I did just watch that movie. Um, but that, that's really where I am. Like just step-by-step, step. you don't have to overthink it. And I know, especially for new people new to dynasty, it seems overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be, you don't have to overthink it. You really just one move at a time. That's all it is. I guess one more uh, lesson to take, again, back to the 90s, one of my favorite uh, Disney movies growing up was Toy Story. And I guess the lesson there is, like, I know Rocky loves this, add a third to everything, right? Like, the the throwaway pieces, like, the the throwaway toys can still help you, still bring you value. So They're there for whenever Andy needs them. 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't be like Sid and destroy them all, right? Like I'm 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 just gonna draft every quarterback from last year's draft. Imagine just you saying all your picks. I've got a team with Malik Willis and Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter on it. That's my TV room. Yay. That wouldn't be so good, right? So <laughs> don't trash your picks by taking not round one quarterbacks. But yeah, uh, you know, throw in throw in pieces can be very valuable, even if they're just viewed as throw in pieces. Next question at KP Poker KP just drafted Eckler in a dispersal. Would love to move him. What should I be expecting in picks? Can you still get a first for Austin Eckler? Probably a late first, but like you're, I almost think the best way to go about it is actually not target this year's class. Go for 24 picks. A team that maybe views themselves as a strong contender, and I'm getting Eckler, so my pick will be late. Now would be almost the perfect time to do that when those picks are so ambiguous. So, and because it might be cheaper, you might actually be able to get something thrown on top. Whereas trying to go after these years' picks now, like people are are so close to the draft that ah, I may as well just pick the player and and get that young player as opposed to trade it now for Austin Eckler. So I'd, I'd go you know, try to get a 24 first plus. That's that's actually very smart. And you, as you were saying it, I was just like, I wonder if you can get a 24 first and a 23 like mid second for him. Like so, you still get the piece this year to replace, and then you have the chances the, are the you're getting the running back in that mid second because yeah. there's there's a decent amount of them this year, and you you have that 24 first. I think that's probably like that's I think that's a really good aim. And if you have to settle for just taking the 24 first, I still don't think that's bad. You know? Do you not think you could get the 111 or 112 for him? I think it'll be tough. I think you could. I think yeah, anything, especially that uh, person one... may have earned the 111 or 112, so they're probably a good team. Yeah. No, it's it's absolutely in the realm of possibility because every league is different and there's some people that just don't care what time of year it is. They see a good running back, they'll take them. Yeah, 109 later, it's a it's a team that made the semifinals yeah. and might think, okay, I'm the one piece away. But yeah, I think anything... 108 seems like that you probably wouldn't be able to get that. No. Yeah, I don't think so. Just traded the 104 for Kyler mm-hmm. in a 10-team Superflex PPR Start 10 League. Thoughts? I, t- I tweeted this out because I was really excited to talk about this question because I've got the 104 in a, in a rookie draft and um, been thinking about that idea of trading it away. So I think uh, to to the Kelly's credit, I think if you wanted to use that 104 to get a quarterback, you could have maybe got one in this class, one of the rookies. But if you were looking for the vet – I mean, I don't know that 104 gets you much more than Kyler. Like, you, you know, you, you, I think the only move maybe, just because we've been talking about Tua so much, could you have gotten Tua plus for the 104? That's maybe I, the only thing that makes me hesitate on selling the 104 right now for Kyler. Because the problem with Tua and Kyler is they're probably not going to be much ascension in terms of value until they start playing again. again yeah. Now, it looks like Tua is going to be a lot sooner than Kyler. Uh, well, maybe you know, from this point, it's still, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's seven months as opposed to, you know, 10 months, but it's, that's a big difference when we get to the season, I suppose. Shameless plug. I just wrote the next trading post article about Kyler Murray and his value. Um, it'll be out Thursday, hopefully, assuming they don't just tear it apart, say it's awful and then just make me want to cry. Um, no. I, I am not the highest on Kyler Murray. Uh, I, sure, he's very, very good. He has a lot of peaks and valleys. Go read the article. You'll see how I feel. 
I'm thrilled to be able to get him at the 104. Like, don't get me wrong. It would be hard for me because I want, because uh, I'm assuming as all I could say is, is as of we, of what we know right now, as we know right now, Bijan's getting taken in the first, the two quarterbacks are going to go within the top five and nothing else crazy is going to happen. Like, if Levis or Richardson go top 10, maybe they do sneak up in rookie drafts. But as of right now, it feels like it's going to be Bijan, Stroud and Young in whatever order. And then the next three players in a lot of people's rankings are Gibbs, Smith and Jigbo and Jordan Addison. Makes sense. Not getting one of those wide receivers would make me really, really sad because I like them both and I want them on my teams. But if I can afford to not have a quarterback for first half of next season. Like if I'm in a rebuild and I'm in a few where I'm in a rebuild and I only have one quarterback on my team and I have the one two, one Oh three, I might try and find a deal where if I can get Kyler plus for that, mm-hmm. like that feels like gold to me. Yeah. I was just gonna say I'm smashing one Oh four for Kyler and I would rather have him than the one three. I'd rather have him than Younger Stroud. So I would give the one hundred three exactly. or one hundred two. And like you said, if you can get a plus, that would that would be fantastic. But it yeah, just I mean, doesn't I, seem like you know you're getting a better quarterback than Kyler for the one hundred four. Like no one's going to give up, you know, uh, Lawrence right now or, exactly. or Lamar Jackson. Like so uh, you yeah, and, be really yeah. Really it's yeah, it's the injury and Call of Duty. Are you putting yeah. that much of a negative on Kyler Murray because he plays video games? But yes, that's, that's really inspires video games. No, I'm just kidding. Right? Well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and I've talked plenty yeah, about why I'm I want to buy him. I mean, the guy's a QB. So it's pretty much a guaranteed QB one when he's on the field. Like mm-hmm. points per game, he is. Oh, I I looked it up and completely forgot. I think no lower than QB seven since coming into the league in points right. per game. And the hates, I think, kind of got out of control. And I mean, the injury is part of it, but I think even before that, I think he was already kind of, there was some, a lot of Kyler hate out there. Yeah. All right. At Geronimo Rambles. Okay. Well, the first question is what type of spouse would you pick if you were single tomorrow? I'm going to save all of our marriages and just say, we would just pick our wives again. Of course. Um, And then move, (laughs) move on to say. Uh, album, so almost impossible to answer, but I'll say Green River CCR, best concert, Creedence Clearwater Revival for not old people. Um, <laughs> best concert, hate them all. Crowds of people are awful. <laughs> then go to smaller concerts, man. Like, I've been to some, like, ridiculously intimate concerts that have been fantastic. Or you need the outside, like, you know, mound of grass and you can just sit wherever you yeah. want. Yeah. Um, by me, we have the PNC Bank Art Center, which is still, it's been that for probably 20 years now, but I still call it the Garden State Art Center because that's what it was when I was growing up. But like, it's an amphitheater where they have seats and then there's just a gigantic lawn. Like the speakers are loud as hell. So like you could just be driving on the parkway and listen to a concert. So like you can sit all the way back at the gates on the lawn where there is just not going to be people there and still hear a concert perfectly. Like, there's ways to go to concert without dealing with a lot of people. And I like concerts. I mean, so. But I, but I do understand that, okay, if I, I want to listen to the music I want, I want to be in my environment, my speaker system, I get to control it. So yes. I, I can kind of, I understand and respect that. Well, and it's also funny because like, I hate listening to live music on a speaker, like in the radio, on the radio or like in the car. Yeah. Like if I'm oh the only time I want to listen to live music is when it's is live. If it's live. Like yeah. I hate listening to recordings of live music. I I don't know why, but it's just, I don't know. It just it bothers me for some reason. I don't mind. Like I like watching like live 
performances video wise like dvds of oh yeah no i I can do that yeah i tend not to i tend not to like live albums too much yeah like you're sitting that's an experience you're sitting Mm -hmm. down for as opposed to like listening to amazon music and all of a sudden the live version of a song. yeah no i wouldn't i i agree i I tend to be like that too all right the last question we have is at marky pmc i got Tua at the 412 in a super flex startup that's wrong that is wrong. This is what we were talking about earlier, right? I don't in, care in how worried you are about concussions. But but it seems like this is just normal. Like he's constantly falling to the third, fourth round. And it's he will not get that make value. It out of the second in a league I am in. So yeah, that's that's clearly a league where I guess all it takes is one person to be convicted and not be afraid to take like, him. Oh man, round. if I get the 101 and I take Josh Allen, and then all of a sudden I'm you at the 212, yeah. and there's no way is still there. Yeah. Sure. I will literally dance. I will. I usually. I usually. I'm always on my computer, like all day. I love. I like fantasy football on the computer. I honestly don't like doing fantasy football on my phone. But Damn. I will step away from my computer, put it up on my phone, turn on my webcam, and just do a little dance as I go and hit that draft button to go get Tua. Like that's how excited I would be to get Tua at the two twelve. The 412. That's ridiculous. So let it happen, folks. Let let Russ make this weird dance. <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, do you think his value increases or decreases this offseason? Man, if it's at the 412, I can't imagine it goes lower. Yeah. No, there's yeah. no reason for it to go up. Like this is seeming this this and... seems like Justin Fields' hate from last offseason, where like Zach Wilson was going like sometimes around ahead of him in some startups because <sighs> the the idea of the I mean, you know, let's let's be real. Like in terms of like fantasy people messing up on Zach Wilson and Justin Fields, the Jets, who are a professional NFL franchise, messed up on the Justin Fields versus Zach Wilson evaluation. So yeah, that was terrible. can't fault everyone else for doing it too. Oh, I'll fault them because that was just a terrible, terrible. Yeah, I know. I, terrible. I, I, I get the time. <laughs> Said it then. <laughs> yep. Uh, best concert was Green Day at the Rose Garden for the American Idiot tour. Went with a girlfriend in high school, and the band was Three Fire Emojis. Can I? Can well, I they were honest? lighting green. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll ignore that. But yeah, that's that's the one of the few bands I haven't gone to see that I really would like to is Green Day. So kudos. So I had tickets for the Hello Mega Tour, which was Green Day, Weezer, and Fall Out Boy. I've never seen any of them live before. And then COVID happened, and they rescheduled the concert for the day of one of my best friend's wedding. Mm. And I'm like. So you guys aren't Why? friends anymore, right? Because you didn't go to the wedding. <laughs> you know I love you, right? <laughs> and Trish is like, shut up, Russ. We're going to the wedding. All right. So, yeah, I missed that. Um, but I really don't like the American Idiot album. I really don't like it. And I feel like that, like, gets me looks from people whenever I talk about it. But, like, I get it. It's okay. Give me any other Green Day album over that, though. Like, literally any um, of them. I, mean, I don't know. There's some many albums I don't really like that much. <laughs> it's I can see why people get your weird looks from that because because I, I, it would make more sense if I don't think American Idiot's a good album and I don't like Green Day. Th- those two statements almost like that makes sense to me. Like it doesn't make sense to not like Green Day, but like I can get the logic track. But you like to be a Green Day fan, <laughs> not like very yeah, much. I don't know. I, That's strange to me. Yeah, but when you're around for when Dookie and Insomnia and Kerplunk, to go even further back, came out, that's not Green Day to me. Like, American Idiot is not Green Day to me. American Idiot was them trying to prove that they're real musicians. Like, that's to me what it was. 
Like they wanted to make a rock opera. They wanted to make a Broadway show. That's what they did. And it worked. Which, which actually, you know, they do have a Broadway they made a crap ton of money. Good for them. But yeah. to me, like that's just not for the day. And that's also not fair of me because they should grow as musicians in 30 years. So good for them. It's just not what I want to hear from them. All right, let's move on to trade IX trades before this goes in a deeper hole and I get in even more trouble. Oh, so we're not answering our favorite bands and, and concerts. Then. Oh, that's yeah, that's right. Us. We could do that. I don't even have an answer for that. That's the problem. Um, oh. I have a few. F- it's funny. like, And I'm about to list a couple of my favorite albums, and a lot of them are just really old. Not really old. But we know like, they're not live albums, though. We know that. They are not live albums. But like the some of the first CDs I bought, and I have to specify CDs because I you know, was old enough to buy tapes. Um, Pearl Jam's 10. Nice. Um, Nine Inch Nails' Pretty Hate Machine. There's a number theme here. Nice. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. Like, those are three of my favorite albums. And they're all, well, Pretty Hate Machine was 89, but 10 and Chili and Blood Sugar, 91. Sex Magic, I think, like, came out too far from each other. Yeah. yeah. 91's a great year. Oh, I'm, born, I'm born in 91, right, by the way. So that's so, I, <laughs> so I'm playing it up, but it's not a biased answer at all. Yeah, so like those those are really like honestly my favorite albums. I don't know if there's been an album that good since then. My lifetime. Wow. Um favorite concert. Well, the most recent concert I went to was Panic at the Disco in September, which was very good. It was weird because they played their entire new album in the middle of their concert. Like, I've never seen that before. Like, usually it's announced as a, we're playing this album. No, it was just, we're going on tour, but they played their new album. Like, six songs, whole new album, six songs. Good night, everybody. Interesting. My Chemical Romance, I saw a month or two before, and that was freaking amazing. And even better, they closed their encore. The very last song they played was Frank Sinatra's My Way. And me probably being one of the older people in the audience was hysterically laughing at everyone's face of not knowing what was going on. (laughs) And I'm like, this makes it even more ironic how upset everyone is right now that the last song is a song they don't know because they literally closed that show their way. (laughs) It was so good. It was fantastic. Mm. Uh, But what about you guys? Uh, Well, my... I I I've, I probably have kind of weird musical taste. Um, I probably like one of my favorite bands is Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, um, very funny, very good music, very meta, which I love too. Um, I, I can't think of a specific album. I have like five of them, and I, I I like all of them, so I can't I can't pick one of them. Uh, and then concert, and this would also go. This isn't a band, but um, I've only been to. I'm not a concert guy. I've only been to like eight concerts in my life. I think. And four of them have been Billy Joel. So I'll say Billy Joel. I am an old white guy. Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen. I'm like, I'm actually going to Billy Joel. Billy Joel's uh, coming to Philly with Stevie Nicks next year. And that's this year. Yeah. May, I think. Yeah. Or July. I want to go to that. Yeah. So I'm going to be seeing, so I'm going to be seeing him for the fifth time. So that's very uh, cool. Yeah. So I'll go with Billy Joel. uh, Any one of those, they were all great. So. It's more than fifty percent roster ship on Billy Joel. Yes, in, more than fifty percent roster ship. So yeah, so my favorite album of all time. We're going even. We'll go. I think it's twenty years back from Russ's albums. Uh, so my favorite band is Yes, wow. and uh, the one album I think that really stands out is Fragile. And part of the reason for that is the way you know what what actually is on the album. So there's uh, I think it's. 
four or five full band songs and you know they're a progressive rock band so some of those songs are 10 minutes long mm-hmm. i think long distance runarounds on you know i think that's a three and a half minute pop song so that one's fine it kind of sounds like mario it, you know, i can see why people would appeal to get appeal from it but also on that album each of the five members created as uh their own composition their own recording and you know, free range or what would you like to hear as a, as a solo song? Very cool. And it's all five of them did something completely different, I suppose. And if in theory, well, yeah, I guess the bass player, the singer kind of, they do the, the same thing just with their own instruments. Uh, the keyboard player, Rick Wakeman, he decided to take a Brahms. There's a, I think it's symphony number four, the third movement from the symphony number four. And just recreate all the orchestration on different keyboards. And, and that's, that's his solo track. You know, he didn't compose it, but he arranged how it would uh, how he use different keyboards to represent the different parts of the orchestra. And yeah, the singer and the bass player, they each for their compositions, they just uh, kept overdubbing their instruments over and over. So I think there's a, for uh, John Anderson's vocal song, there's like a, there's a guitar track, a bass track and a drum track underneath, but then everything else is just layering vocals over top. Right. a la like a, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, the opera section. Like, we're only I guess this album came out before Night at the Opera, so this is you know <laughs> the idea of of, of uh, you know overdubbing is still pretty uh, new, early seventies for rock. Uh, the bass player Chris Squire, he did the same thing, but just it's 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 an entirely instrumental song, and he's just overdubbing different bass guitar tracks, different effects at times. Uh, pretty cool. The drummer, he has just like rhythmic pattern, and everyone else is playing along with it. The it's kind of uh, not kind of sounds dissonant like the 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 chords don't matter but the rhythm matters entirely because mm-hmm. it's the drummer's song no 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 one cares about harmony and then uh steve howe who's my favorite guitarist ever his composition is just a solo guitar composition so while everyone else is overdubbing he's just i'm going to play everything just one guitar one track one playthrough like a because he is a classically trained guitarist mm-hmm. as well as being a, a rock guitarist so he, he he drew from those influences like it, almost from the past a little bit like uh, how Rick Wakeman did it, but he composed it himself, this piece, as opposed to Wakeman, who took a uh, Brahms composition. So you get all five of these weird, different musical interludes intercut with all these great long compositions. So fragile, long way of saying the long distance runaround way of saying that's my favorite album. Love it. That is super interesting. I'm going to try and remember to check that out and hopefully not forget the second I stop recording. Um, Just, uh, your fragile memory. Let's, let's keep it intact. And uh, I actually ooh. did get to see Yes um back in 2014 and was kind of i would say i did i won't select it as my favorite concert but it's right up there but uh i think you like this band russ uh i saw muse in the simulation uh theory tour i so keep hearing that they put on amazing shows and they came around once while i was able to go to concerts and go and have fun and i forgot why but i just i couldn't go like it was on like my wife's birthday or something. And I'm just like, nope, staying married. <laughs> Can you change your birthday for this year? Uh, yeah. But yeah, but anyway, I think Muse is such a fantastic band. And what I've loved about their recent albums, especially is they, they're, they're a rock band, but they find ways to make themselves a 21st century rock band. They're, they're using technology to enhance what they have and just creating such awesome sound spectrums with it. And, uh, sort of that same theory of using a lot of technology with to make the live show uh, yep. better. They had this like 30 foot inflatable figure. At one point they had two of the dancers in exoskeleton suits and yep. like a, would part of 
of the show and like using, you know, sometimes they would be up on the screen, like the actual dancers would be on the screen, like rope, rope them up or down uh, and all sorts of cool stuff in the background. Of course, like most shows, you get cool light shows, but like they were you know, the, the, the 3d human aspect of it, of the humans were doing so much with this technology that, yeah, that, that muse concert, probably my I favorite hearing how amazing they are. I need to find a way to go see them. And then I, I last, uh, I guess last April, my wife and I, we went and saw in Ottawa, Billy Talent and Rise Against did a, a co-headline tour. Ooh, Rise so, Against. Uh, I missed them last year. They're coming around this year again. I'm, I'm going to go see them. Like, I remember I found out the day of and I'm like, oh man, Rise Against is playing a... today. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> next year, because I, I already checked the schedules now just to be safe. And yeah, they're coming around. I'm going to go see them. Sweet, yeah, and I had never seen Rise Against, so that was cool. That kind of kicked that one off the bucket list. And I still have Green Day, but uh, yeah, I don't know if either of you are familiar with Billy Talent, but yeah. uh, they're Canadian. I love Billy Talent. I've been a fan of theirs since the first album came out. Which really funny. The only reason I know who Billy Talent is because I would go on Apple Music, Amazon Music, and listen to a radio station of Rise Against, and Billy Talent would come on <laughs> from them playing. That makes sense. And yeah, uh, headlining tours together, clearly a uh, sim- similar aesthetic, but yeah. All right, so know, uh, Rocky, Rocky looks pretty bored. So we're going to go on and do the trailer, <laughs> which means probably people stop listening by now. Uh, but Thanks tra- for letting me indulge, guys. Yeah. 12-team Superflex PPR, tight end premium, 1.75 points per tight end reception, and 0.05 points for return yardage, still except for TA1. And we have a TA, if you can call this a trade, this <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster for John Mechie and a late third. How dare you put no respect on Juju Smith? Yeah, I was gonna say that's pretty. That's, that's just brutal. Super Bowl right now. I mean, he's uh, he's about to be a free agent, so who knows where he signs? I mean, I think ideally you'd like him to sign with the Chiefs, but you might go to a multi-year does, extension with another team where he gets a ton of targets. So, doesn't look. I I don't care. Anything. John this Mechie is probably the worst hurt. time to sell him because he's hurt right now. Like, wait till at least you see what happens free agency because he might go to somewhere where again the target share. Looks like it could be better. So but that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, John Mechie, John Mechie, do we even? I mean, prayers up for John Mechie, but do Seriously. we even know if he's ever going to play the play in the league again? For sure. I mean, nope, and even if he like did, I didn't love him as a prospect. Yeah, I didn't love him as a prospect coming out anyway, and and now he's been, missed a year of the league. Obviously, he's got you know his health issue he's dealing with. Hopefully, he comes back and he's he's fine and everything. But we don't know, and like. Juju is is not something you know. He's he's not going to ever be the the guy he was in those first couple of years. Yeah. But but John Mechie in third. I mean, come on now. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm Canadian, so I, I you know love bare naked ladies, Billy Town. I love supporting <laughs> John Mechie. But yeah, there's no way I would sell Juju for John Mechie. Yeah, oh man, and I'm surprised I didn't bring this up. But it would have been great to see in uh, in high school. Sleeper, trade of the week. Sleeper. And oh, wait, case- so you, you didn't you never saw Zach Reed in high school? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, if you kids out there listening don't know, that is a mock on a real big fish song. So, and I am of the age that ska was gigantic when I was in high school. Um, so surprisingly, I somehow never saw them in concert though. Um, but we have trade of the week T Higgins and a 24 second for Mark Andrews. Now, I need to hear someone who isn't me talk about this because 
I know how we're supposed to feel about Mark Andrews. I have made it very known how I feel about Mark Andrews at this moment. So someone tell me how you feel about T Higgins in a 24 second for Mark Andrews. Give me, give me the pick and you know, the player I, Mark Andrews is nice. I, I, I don't know if we're ever going to see that year again that we saw a couple of years ago. I just, first of all, we don't even know for sure that Lamar is going to be there. Uh, so that's one issue. Yeah. Uh, and then you got to think they're going to try, you know, they haven't done it a ton, but given where they are now, you got to think they got to bring another pass catcher in. We don't know what oh, Bateman yeah. is. Uh, and then if Bateman is healthy and Andrews is healthy and this guy is, you know, new guy is healthy. I mean, what does that mean for Mark Andrews? I mean, he's going to be good. I just don't know that he's going to be, you know, separate, you know, in his own tier from the the rest of the tight ends good like we saw a couple of years ago. I think I think we may see sort of Hawk good from, from Andrews going forward rather than maybe the heir to Kelsey Andrews. But but that that's kind of where I'm looking at it. Huh? Yeah, it makes sense. And I mean, the, the big, you know, the premium, you said 1.75, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it it's significant and it also makes it so that it's harder to replace him than it would be to replace Higgins points in your lineup. The age gap does kind of favor Higgins though. And, you know, th- this off season, I mean, it doesn't seem like Higgins is going to get traded as much as those rumors exist, but like, you know, he's probably not going to see a drastic drop, like losing his quarterback, like, like Andrews could. So like value wise, especially this early in the off season, I, I wouldn't make the trade if I had Higgins in the second, like this is not the time I want to be moving a pick for a player, especially doing a two for one type of trade. Uh, so yeah. So I think I'd have to kind of go with right now. I'd want the Higgins in the second side. And Corey in the chat also says T all day. Yeah, the other thing I was just going to say is with Higgins, too. I mean, he's got Burrow as his quarterback. And if he does end up leaving because of contract issues, maybe he goes somewhere where he becomes a one, and maybe we don't see much fall off, even if he doesn't have someone as good as Burrow. Yeah, I was about to say, the only way he can get a quarterback upgrade is, like, going to the Chiefs. I mean, Right, so I'm not saying he's going to get a quarterback tough. upgrade, but if he's also clearly the number one as opposed to having a Jamar Chase opposite him, then maybe he's at least evens things out between, yeah. you know, the tar- increase in targets. So. As you can tell, by the way, I'm phrasing everything in here. This was me. Um, And this happened. I traded for the 101 in that league by trading away T. Higgins. And I was just like, nope, I got to fix this. The the force (laughs) is out of balance. I need to even things up. So out of the many, 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 many offers I sent, this was one of the only actually good ones anyway. And so this was the only one that really got accepted. Uh, because I sent every single league I didn't have Higgins in, I sent an offer. And sometimes it just did not make sense for either of our teams to make the trade, but I sent it anyway. Um, yeah, this honestly, it felt even for me. Um, I sent this trade. He rejected it and sent it back straight one for one. And I'm like, no, Andrew's in the, in the premium. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And, you know, we got it done. I think it's fair enough. Like, I get it. He really he can be that positional advantage. I'm not worried about Mark Andrews and a quarterback change or anything. He's, he's good. He earns those targets. Uh, When he was the second string tight ends and they threw to six tight ends a game, he was still doing really, really well. So I'm not worried if they get a different quarterback or if they bring another pass catcher, I still think he's going to be fine, especially because 
finally Greg Roman's gone. So maybe they'll actually throw the ball a little bit more and better plays. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty down with, uh, with that trade. And that trade is the trade of the week brought to you by sleeper fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Join a new dynasty league or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. Join millions of players today on sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Download the app today to get started. The last trade we have on our sheet is a big boy trade. You ready for this? It is Justin Herbert. And this happened fast. Well, you know, we got a trade bait update that was just Justin Herbert. And they said, I want to get multiple pieces for Justin Herbert. I feel like retooling my team after winning the championship because when you can flex that, you flex that. Like I said, they, just, they just casually, like, they didn't have to say that last part. That's... But when you can, you do. Yeah. Uh, hold on, where'd I go? Okay, so Justin Herbert for Trey Lance. And I love saying Sam Howell here. I almost put his name first because it's alphabetical, but I had to put. So Trey Lance, Sam Howell, the 102 and the 104. This, like, I stared at this and went back and forth so many times. Like, you're talking Trey Lance, who will start. Like, I firmly believe that if the San Francisco 49ers trade either him or Purdy away, they're both probably starting somewhere. So I feel like Lance is starting this season, most likely in San Francisco. Then you get your choice of Stroud and Young, and then you get your choice of Gibbs or your running back two or your wide receiver one. Or you just get freaking Justin Herbert. Like, I... I guess that means it's a good trade that I'm sitting here just mm-hmm. like that. No, I'm, I'm with you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a post Kellen Moore world, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I think my only issue, I, I think it's completely fair. Uh, my only issue is I, I'd rather have some piece that I fear, feel more confident about. And I like Trey Lance, but everything in here is a total risk. Yep. I, I disregard Sam Howell entirely because I don't believe Sam Howell is ever going to be anything. But makes me sad, but yeah. Yeah, and the 102 and 104. I mean, obviously, you could trade those for more established pieces that, yeah. that are proven. So, oh, they, they went right up on his trade bait afterwards. Yeah, so I guess you could argue that. But I just, if I'm trading Justin Herbert, I like to know I have at least one piece that I got back that I feel really good about um, in terms of not just that I have to trade it again. You know what I mean? So another stud player back or something like that. That's my only issue, but I think it's super fair. I got I mean, really, really sad when I saw that trade bait and I'm like, ah, ah, and I pull up my league. I'm like, Oh, I have feels and hurts. I'm not going to, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, I'd be okay. Trading away Herbert for that package. Thinking that Lance probably starts most of the year in San Francisco. I think uh, before the Purdy injury, I may not have said that, but the circumstances now that Purdy may not play much next year. So I think Lance is a pretty uh, open Kinda. How much of a statement would that be that the second Purdy got healthy, they benched Lance? Like, <laughs> I mean, doing that is even just dumb from a value standpoint of what you'd be able to get for him yeah. if you tried to trade him. Um, yeah, but at that still, point, you're, you're committing yourself to Purdy. But yeah, yeah, so I'd imagine Lance gets most of the season. If uh, they're losing a bunch of games and they're kind of out of the playoff race, then yeah, maybe all bets are off. But um, yeah, if I hadn't... if but I don't want Lance to be my QB one. And then Rocky put that well. I don't want to rely on Bryce Young or CJ Stroud to be my QB one. So if 
if I had a team with, I guess, Herbert and Murray, or Herbert think, and... Did they have Herbert and Mahomes in that league? Yeah, it was something like that. I don't yeah, if you already have Mahomes, I can, I can understand making this trade. Give me four pieces and I, I try and give, you know, Again, use the the extra picks to try and trade and, and build up depth at other at other positions. Thinking yeah. a Mahomes Lance team, oh. if Lance hits, like that's a that's great QB room. So yeah, I think with that context, knowing that they have another but maybe if I was, QB like, one already, yeah, I think I'd make the trade. If I was straight up rebuilding and I looked down and saw the one hundred two in Trey Lance, I would love it because the upside of that is just immense. Yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> That's definitely not the occasion here. Um, all right, but that is the end of our show sheets. That is the end of our show. But before we head out, Kyle, remind everyone who you are, what you do, and what you Russ, before do. we finish, we have to mention that this is Super Bowl week, and the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Congrats, Rock. I just didn't want to jinx it. But, yeah, go for it, man. And I, I would just love to hear I will, your guys' predictions for the Super Bowl, since this is our last show for the Super Bowl. Um. So my mother-in-law is going to a party at the rec center for the Super Bowl. <laughs> so which pretty much means it's, it's just a you know bunch of old people getting together who don't know anything about football. Um, and they did uh, like a for fun, like prop bet thing. A lot of it was like heads or tails or whatever. But I picked Eagles over the Chiefs. And I think it was something like, I can't remember. I think it was like 34-28. That's kind of how I'm seeing it. But what do you think, Kyle? So, yeah, so uh, it's funny because I've been on uh, two podcasts tonight as a guest. And uh, in both shows, there was an Eagles fan as one of the co-hosts. So <laughs> I feel like I've had this conversation already. Uh, sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, I've been predicting the Chiefs win the Super Bowl since before the season started. So now that we're this far, this close to it. Now. Yeah, got to keep going with the Chiefs. Um and I also, I was predicting, uh, just talk about the, the spread, the over-under, I think it was at 50 and a half. I'm taking the under, uh, just because both defenses are incredible. So great as both offenses are, I think neither defense is going to allow either offense to run away with it. So close game, lower scoring maybe than expected. So it gives me less than 50. I'll say something like 24-21 Chiefs. Yeah, I'm a little closer to Russ. I, I do think this Eagles team can score on anybody, and we kind of saw that against the Niners. Everyone said the Niners are this amazing defense, best defense in the league, and they Brock Purdy getting hurt didn't make them put up 31 points on that defense. So uh, I think they're going to score, and you're right. Casey's D is pretty good too, but I still think they'll be able to score, and I, I think it's – the Eagles D is very, very good. And I think not as good as, I don't think a lot of people realize how good it is. Um, they but finally I, have corners now. Yeah. They used to be the complaint. Eagles could never know what to do with corners. Like, yeah, let's just get two. Yeah. I think by like PFF or, or something, some service out there, they have like the number one pass. D. I mean, I think they have the rate of the number, but I mean, uh, by PFF, I think they have the number one pass defense, but anyway, um, so I, I think they'll they'll kind of hold him in check, but you can't fully hold Patrick Mahomes in check. So I think it's going to be something like slightly over that that fifty and a half number, like 30, 31, 23 or something like that. They'll they'll, they'll get some points because he's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I think the Eagles win it, and I think it's by at least a touchdown. Man, can you imagine a hobbled Patrick Mahomes, and then just. Redick, 
coming at him. Yes. Like, and that's the thing too. Yes, he's hobbled, and you know he might have a hobbled Juju and a hobbled, hobbled uh, whoever else. I think Tony's banged Tony, up. Hardman. And, yeah, yeah, Harmon's out. Yeah, so it's he'll he'll still make something happen because he's Patrick Mahomes, but I I think that could be a big factor in too. And the Eagles are completely healthy. They have all twenty two starters healthy. So. All right. Well, okay, I just had to get that in there. Sorry. <laughs> now that we can every year, my team makes it to the, the Eagles. Kyle, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they could find what you do? Well, I'm a Packers fan, and uh, they didn't even make the playoffs this year. Uh, that's okay because uh, we'll still be uh, on the full press Packers pod talking everything Packers. I guess there might be some Aaron Rodgers news this off season, or uh, you know, we're in the dark right now about where what it's going to be this year. But uh, Nathaniel Hackett going to the Jets. I'm just saying. Yeah, because that worked for the Broncos last year. I know, right? Aaron Rodgers last year because of that, right? Um, it's funny because, they, well, yeah, I guess I can quickly touch on that. The the reports are the Packers will only trade him to the to the AFC. They don't want to see right. him in the, in the conference. And then you look at the AFC. There, there's a lot of teams that already have their franchise guy. When you boil it down to it, there's really only like four, five, if if the Ravens trade away Lamar Jackson, are they interested in, in Aaron Rodgers? And they'd be they'd be like the fifth team. But like the Jets are really like almost at like a twenty percent chance of getting Rodgers, just because like by process of elimination, there's only like four or five teams that will actually trade for him in the AFC. So like the you know Jets, Raiders seem to be another popular one, and then the two that I'm theorizing are the Colts and Titans. And of course, the, I feel like the Colts, they've just been trying to do that every year. Like, just get, get the next old veteran guy. So that almost lines in really well. And then, uh, you know, I'm sure Rodgers wanted Michael Pittman back in the day, not Jordan Love as that draft pick. So now he gets Michael Pittman. But the the Colts circle. do have the, the draft capital to possibly uh, get a guy this year. Finally. So maybe the Jets, maybe the Colts. We'll see. But yeah, we'll, we'll keep uh, up to date with that on the Full Press Packers pod. So join us on Twitter at FPC underscore Packers. Of course, since this is the Trade Addicts Dynasty, you know, DAP Network and, and uh, you know, Dynasty Show Fantasy Football content, I'm sure you, you all also want to hear fantasy football stuff. So we do have the Full Press Fantasy Pod, which I co-host. Uh, we'll be doing our Super Bowl preview actually tomorrow night. So uh, come join us for that. We do a you know, we talk a little bit about like some of the fa- uh, the fantasy formats we're doing for the playoffs and just our picks are this week. Uh, and then yeah, going for two live network we got. Uh, uh, the Dynasty Gambit and press coverage. Most uh, the next coming uh, coming episode of the Dynasty Gambit is February 9th. Press coverage will be on February twentieth. That our, our new season will be starting up, and then uh, those shows will be going every two weeks. Uh, press coverage times may change depending on the guest. I believe for the February twentieth it'll be at eight p.m. Uh, whereas uh, Dynasty Gambit will usually remain at eight p.m. Eastern or every second Thursday. So uh, appreciate uh, Russ and Rocky. Rocking it here, talking all those uh, all that music and uh, of course the trades and stuff. And yeah, this is fun. Thanks, guys. All right, our stuff patreon.com slash trade addicts pod. You can watch as we record and my wonderful dancing to uh, the sleeper trade of the week song every single time, or tell me how wrong I am and things I forget to talk about. Thank you, Frank and Corey, today. Um, also. I moved the Cool Kids Club over to Discord because I am lazy and I want everything in the same place and pretty much every single one of my chats is on discord at this point. So I moved that there. Um, FF pod shirts.store 
is still SFB 12 stuff up there, even though I'm already talking about 13. Um, but also stuff from Trade Addicts and Dapp Network and Junkies and Get Real and Timeline and Superflex Super Show. And I mean, I feel like there's still stuff up there from podcasts that have ended years ago. Like I just recently took down Dynasty Diagnostic shirts. Like, <laughs> so just, you know, if anything, go up there to see, you know, have a little giggle. Um, but every single penny that comes into that shop goes straight to Fantasy Cares. So you get some stuff. Kids will get some stuff from the holidays. Everybody wins. But also speaking of Fantasy Cares, I will say it again. FantasyCares.org slash donate. Every donation will give you a gift of a square in our Super Bowl pool with chances to win an awesome t-shirt that tells you you're a winner or a spot into Scott Fishbowl 13, which is both of those would be awesome. So go donate either every way possible. Um, I'm losing words. So it's bedtime. Good night, everybody. Thank Thank you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast, a member of the DLS family of podcasts, and a proud member in the Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty and at Dynasty FS Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy pants. That is the best. <laughs> <laughs> See ya.